HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curtain. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. Broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host and producer is Sophie Schlesinger. Hello. And in the booth, we have the very talented Jack Inslee on sound effects and music and pretty much everything Everything. else. He's just keeping everything (laughs) together. Uh, Today's show, we are very excited to be here with the uh the ladies extraordinaire from edible manhattan gabrielle langholz who is the editor and rachel wharton who is the deputy editor great to be here thanks for having us not the joe biden not yet well maybe we have to come up with another thing if like you're if you know if i'm assassinated (laughs) i can arrest you yeah as the deputy i'm allowed rachel's actually already in charge unlike joe biden (laughs) can i please not be the obama in this analogy okay 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 batman and robin then we'll just leave it at that yeah i'm greatly exceeding expectations yeah there's all kinds of great teams beavis and butthead Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I love. Well, yeah. That milk and, and cheese, Ren and Stimpy. If we're gonna go the Nickelodeon oh, yeah. route, yeah, that was weird. That weirded me out when I, I was remember, a kid. Yeah, taking me back. Um, <laughs> they did have powdered toast man, which is not dairy related, but we are here to talk about the uh, dairy issue of Edible Manhattan, which just came out. The good yeah. dairy issue. Can you guys tell us what was the inspiration behind devoting a whole entire issue to dairy? I was trying to remember. Rachel, do you? I have no, I, no none at all. Have you? Have I mean, you done any other themed yes. issues like that, like beer, or spirits, or you know? Well, last year, um, being 2011, depending on when you're this. <laughs> just kidding. Um, last year was our. Um, we did our first special theme issues, and we do alcohol. And we did meat, the meat issue, which was so much fun to put together. Yeah, and um, the design. 
and the yeah de, um, eat local the travel issue and then at the end of the year we did the design issue that's right so this year we kept that same lineup but we swapped out the meat issue which was so I had a blast working on um, and this year we decided that it would be really fun to do a whole issue about dairy which um, it I felt like it was a really good fit with our makeup of content like our content mix because there's so much history to talk about with dairy in New York there's so much melting pot kind of stuff to talk about um, like we talk about some cool Latino cheeses and um, well it's like any any of our theme issues you can kind of use you can kind of use dairy and cheese and milk as a lens to talk about every single aspect right. of New yeah. York City is pretty fun and tons of locavore content of course um entrepreneurial innovation um also looking at like a big iconic brand like murray's for example or also like a badass upstart like yourself for example (laughs) and um i just had a blast like there's there's just so much cool stuff going on with dairy both on the production side like the agriculture side and also on the culinary and eating side and which is a big deal for new york state because new york state is a huge producer of dairy products but i feel like you know in the last like 20 years or so it's been really tough for people I, when I, I, I wrote totally. the profile of Murray's for this issue, which, which rocks. I should have interviewed you for that, but I figured you would have your say. <laughs> You're like nine-page feature. <laughs> but I reread. Do you remember that you probably were even working there when this article came out in the New Yorker, where it was like a big profile of Rob, like the owner of Murray's. Six, maybe it was. Yeah, it was 2006 or 2007, and just the way they were describing, like all of a sudden, restaurants that don't have white tablecloths are serving cheese, and they were like, and there's even locally made cheese and that wasn't even that long ago it's like mind-blowing to me how much it's changed i know right it's like somebody just opened the spigot then all this great milk and cheese came pouring right out of it (laughs) and yogurt i was so excited you guys did the chobani guy we've mentioned you were okay great i'm glad to hear that yeah tell me why well just because you know we've had some people on our show actually one dairy farmer in particular her name is uh lorraine lewandowski she is a prolific Twitter. That's girl. okay. That's just what I was about. To, okay, you go yeah. ahead, and then I have something to say about her. And um, you know, she's we NY Dairy Farmer with yes. the green square. Yeah, yes. I love you. That's her. That's her little logo as a green yes. square. We, we and first I first met heard her. her on your show. Yeah, and I was like head over heels. She knows so much about the inner workings <sighs> yeah. of the dairy industry, and I thought made such a good case for the fact that. This doesn't have to be all about the small scale, super boutique, super expensive cheese that's being produced. It's about just keeping dairy farms in business. Right. And or doing business good, in slightly different ways. Good quality product for not too much money, which is what was so impressive about Chobani because they started, what, three years ago, four years right. ago? And now well, they're at supermarket. It's yeah. very mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a huge boon to the upstate dairy economy. And it's so interesting that you're bringing that up to me because I, I literally think that I cried listening to that interview. Like it was a real kind of soul searching movement moment. Sorry for me. And I was working on the dairy issue at the time. When was that? Like December? It was in uh, October. I think. October. Oh, yeah, it was for you know, I listened Occupy to the Wall podcast. Street. What'd yeah. you say? Oh, it was Occupy Wall, Wall Street. Street. Right. It was the woman from uh, the episode. OWS kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I listened to it later, like while I was working on the lineup for this issue. And I felt like she was talking to me. Like she, and honestly, I'm really proud of the issue that we put out, but I don't feel like I did justice to kind of the epiphany that I had talking to her because she just blew me away 
Okay, what's her name? Lorraine. Lorraine, will you please write an op-ed for me someday, okay, <laughs> next year. But she said, she talked about this real kind of disconnect between the urban consumer who, like the upstate, downstate um, prejudices. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, she basically was like, Gabrielle Langholz, <laughs> you are not considering these upstate farms that produce commodity milk that aren't certified organic, that are really at, at the center of the New York State agricultural economy. And just because they're not like boutique you're not giving them props. And they're really central to this economy. And, and this this agricultural system. Right. And I was like, I was changing my whole content and I felt like I didn't bring it there, but it really, it really got me thinking. Yeah. Well, it could be, you know, version 2.0 yeah. next, yeah. next year. Um, and hopefully there'll be even more hopeful stories. Cause I feel like the yogurt thing upstate has really taken, I know that other companies, uh, Faya, Faya yeah. and, uh, even what did we hear? There was one other place that was going to buy. I think it was like a Pepsi owned. Really? You yeah, mean main, big mainstream operations that yeah, are yeah, yeah, huge are, differences yeah. in the states? That, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they buy so much. And with Greek yogurt, they just buy, it's like because it's it all skim and because, it, yeah, it yeah. uses a lot of milk, which I didn't know until I was working on that story. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about developing the content? Because it is kind of daunting. I mean, a subject like dairy, like how did, how did you decide, you know, what to cover? What to cover? Well, we couldn't possibly be exhaustive. Let me just say right now, like, it's not encyclopedia, but right. we just do, like, a mind meld. And It's also yeah. kind of like any issue. You want a little bit of agriculture and a little bit of pop culture and a little bit of city, a little bit of country. You kind of just totally. want to hit all the... Upscale, lowbrow. The, the marks. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I was very and impressed. leave enough for issue Dairy V2. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I was very impressed, Rachel, by your um, article about Ben's cream cheese. Me too. Oh, God. Yeah. That was amazing fact-finding right there. Do you there. remember? I don't think I even, Yeah. Yeah, I Gabrielle. assigned that story to... I forgot about this. I asked Anna I want to go. write about that like two years ago, right? Uh-huh. I want to know the backstory for that story because it is so hard. I just hard. called 75 times. Yeah. And he it's finally, so hard to get through. He, fi- he, fi- I don't, he finally called me back. I think I called him... I called him over the period of three oh, months. Oh, he called like, you? One, yeah, he could. Oh, he, that's awesome. I think he called me back. And um, I can't remember at this point. But then I talked to Steve Jenkins at Fairway. He's like, why didn't you just tell me you were looking to talk to Jonah? <laughs> Jonah. I was like, oh, He's like, now I have a name. Steve Jenkins is the gatekeeper. This is our, I, he, I talked I to hope Steve. Steve's listening to this show, too. His quotes, sure is. like, made the issue, I felt yeah, like. like, every single story. They are. I have to say, Steve Jenkins, I mean, we're talking about the dairy issue. Um, he Fairway deserves hunger. a huge shout out because Steve Jenkins was like I feel like the gateway for all of us cheesemongers who are working now definitely me he was he was Steve himself was next to your bed and I remember reading yeah. that in your story oh, I had the right. cheese primer next to next to my bed himself. I see that <laughs> everywhere that sounds creepy that book is every, like, everybody has a, it's like you go yeah. to any restaurant that has their cookbooks or whatever on the shelf yeah. and it's yeah. there yeah. it always is and that picture of Steve from like whatever year that was he looks so cute and yeah, he does. whites and his little hair helmet. it's funny <laughs> that you say that picture of Steve because we ended up over on pages for this issue which like happens to me every time because I just have so much to say. And um, we were deciding what to hold because we knew we had to hold some pages. And we were pretty close to holding the Coach Farm story because we could run mm. that anytime, you mm-hmm. know. 
And we were like, but that has the photo of Steve Jenkins, remember? <laughs> and I was like, we have to have, we just felt like having his photo in the issue, it needed to was, be there. Yes, because he's definitely somebody for dairy issue V2. Oh, we probably should start oh, on that story. now, even if it's like 2015. Yeah. But that's yeah. why I wanted to come right out and say it's not exhaustive because there are so many stories that we wish we could tell, including Cheddar. Steve's own. Yeah, that, <laughs> exactly. And Steve, I feel Cheddar. like he just has such a unique perspective on the whole thing because, yeah, back in the, ni- the late 70s, going down and getting buckets of cream cheese on Houston Street. I mean, that's crazy. But I have to say, he is also one of the funniest people yes. ever because he moderated the town hall meeting at the American Cheese Society conference. I think it was two years ago or three years ago. And it was by far the best town hall meeting anybody had ever had. He called everybody out. And yeah. he was like, listen, <laughs> you guys are boring. This is the most boring group of people I've Quite ever been in a room with. Oh, yeah. It was hysterical. So um, he's been on the show once or twice. I hope he'll come back at some point. Does he actually come to Roberta's? Yeah. Oh. Does he tell you you're being boring if you ask, ask him a not exciting question? <laughs> he didn't tell me that on the show, but um, he, he might have thunk it. If he's so, one he of those people very that- polite. Nothing comes out of his mouth that isn't fascinating, interesting, or just ridiculous. Like, there's, he doesn't say anything. No, he doesn't. He's never just like, "I'm fine. How are you?" Everything is like a pearl of wisdom. Yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> I love him. So Steve Jenkins is going to be on the cover of Dairy Issue V two, or maybe the centerfold. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh Edible centerfold. So That's a Why good idea. Why don't we have a centerfold? Yes. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> I know Anne. who's going to be number one. I know who's going to be right. 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 <laughs> Oh my You're goodness. You're kind of a centerfold in this one, girl. Oh my goodness. That was so nice. Thank you guys so much. I have to say, I came back from my uh, wedding slash honeymoon, and that was like what was waiting for me, the <laughs> issue of the magazine. And it was pretty a pretty lovely welcome home present. <laughs> well, we love you. Oh. We, that was one of like the... You, I mean, immediately we knew we had to do a big story on you for, for our issue. So, yeah. And I love what Brian did. Oh my God. A lot of work went into that story. He started reporting it when you opened. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've been yeah. we've been chatting for years, yeah. <laughs> years. And uh, but I love it. The Mark Israel opener. That was like the beginning of it all. I took him to the donut plant, <laughs> and Mark is so great. He's uh he's just I don't know. He's such a curmudgeon, but a wonderful curmudgeon, and he'll really tell you, you know, um, tell you how it is. And makes tasty donuts on top of it. So that's the truth. Yeah. Well, um, for listeners of this show who might um, be fans of yours, I highly recommend this very long profile that we ran on Anne Saxelby by Brian Hallwell. And the entire thing can be read at edibleManhattan.com. Yes. And it's one of my favorite stories we've ever run. Terrific read. So... Well, shucks. That is that is too kind. It's also the, one of the longest stories we've ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like six thousand words. I think. Yeah, yeah. That is so bonkers. Well, no. Tell us, tell us about this event. Edible is having an oh. event in April. Yes. To talk about this dairy issue, um, which we're really excited to come to. Sophie, do you remember what day it is? I, I my brain it's is April not functioning. Eleven. Are you coming? Or are you are you actually we, tabling? We're oh, tabling. Yeah. oh yeah, do you have a oh, awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Is that a verb? We're tabling. Yes, yes it I sure is. Yeah. I like. No, it, it is. It is. It is. I my just learned it recently. That's why I'm using it. I like oh, it. Yeah, it's very like I know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about, and I'm obnoxious <laughs> on top of it. So you're bringing all the dairy people together. Yeah, Edible hosts tons of events to bring our pages to life so we hold um, our first event which I can't believe is I think six years old this year we have an awesome events director who rocks the whole thing and Rachel and I just show up and live it up Um, it's (laughs) called Brooklyn Uncorked and that's a wine event with like 
all the best wineries in New York State and tons of fantastic food, too. And that's in Brooklyn. And there's a Good Spirits event, too, which... Um, Typically in Manhattan. Oh, good spirits happen. I think good spirits twice is, a year is seasonal. We do four. Four. It's one for each season, and they're all it's cocktails and pairings. And Sounds good a lot to of, me. Right. I mean, actually, I think there are now five gins made in Brooklyn. But those are the type of people that you would see at good spirits. Uh, distillers themselves are there in addition to people making drinks and food to go with them. Oh, but I'm sure that the dairy, the dairy, uh, Sam, our events director is actually planning it as we speak but i know that it'll be a lot like the meat themed issue launch party which is that almost everyone who is in the issue will be there cooking or serving or what they what we talk about in the issue and you get to meet the producer and you know we can't wait on a whole bunch of yeah excellent food and drinks it's like the stories in the magazine come to life tickets are usually in the ballpark there'll of be a 40, fountain bucks. there'll be a yogurt oh. fountain no i don't you can, you think can so. you'll be able to rappel down a wall <laughs> what oh, no i'm kidding you didn't shatter well, jump wait, into wait, a giant what's the pool giant wheel for, with a whale on it with a whale on it the whale's like pressed into the from consider. Oh, Rupert. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be you'll, there's like a Rupert rolling contest on the street outside. I've always wanted to have a cheese bowling competition oh, oh, for real. Oh my god. We should do that's what I want to do. I think <laughs> like my, turkey if bowling. Sam's rolling her eyes if she's listening right now. No, I think it's a great idea. We actually talked about that back in the day when I worked at Murray's because we sold lots of Mimolette and Mimolette is uh, you know that Age little Gouda. It's yeah, it's like French aged Gouda, but it's in the shape of like a cannonball. I and, think that um, is the first cheese I ever bought at Murray's. Really? I love that you just said that. It's got like caramelly bits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't I went to Murray's once when it was in, not even in its first location, I guess it was his second location. It, which was on the corner, the tiny street. The and tiny I was really, once, really so. intimidated. I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh like, yeah, everyone can yeah, see. That's like, true. Oh, they're all right there. Ah! And I think I never went back until the store was big enough that I could go in and like hide and like breathe hide. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I loved um, when it was in the little spot on uh, the corner of Cornelia and Bleaker. Yeah, it was great. The whole place just stunk, you know, in like the best possible way. So like when school kids would walk by, like in the door open, they'd be like, "Oh, gross! It smells like cheese!" <laughs> and it's. So good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our events are awesome. And um, you can learn all about them at ediblemanhattan.com. Yeah, that one is April 25th. It's at the Open House Gallery. On Mulberry on, Street. Um, on Mulberry. Exactly. Fantastico. And Oh, actually, Momofuku Milk Bar is going to be there, which I'm really excited about because I just loved telling their story about Christina Tosi's close relationship with Dante Hess. And that he shuddered unexpectedly. Just a, har- I mean, yeah. heartbreaking story. Now, what happened with that? I mean, I read about it in the paper, but so basically, it was just a, a problem of financing with Milk you Thistle. Said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was Dante Hess of Milk Thistle of Milk Thistle Farm was a, a really unconventional producer, raising a small herd of Jerseys. Um, I never found out how old he was, but like thirty, you mm, know, it's that. and he's yeah. young. Yeah. With lots of kids he already. Has three kids, like a real I think. farmer. Yeah. And raising everybody on grass, bottling kids it included. himself. Kids included. <laughs> yeah. Grass fed kids. And um, so he started selling at the green market. Um, 
gosh, I don't know, like five years ago. Yeah. I, think I was still at the Daily News when I remember going up and interviewing for the first time, I think. I was so still writing year that them. make it? Do you remember? Wait, so one thing from that story that really blew my mind was, doesn't Christina say that the frozen, the soft serve is like literally nothing but his milk? It's not yeah. even heated. Yeah. Or yeah. even any sugar or anything? I don't know. No, no, it's some sugar. sugar. But that just blows my but mind. But it's like not reduced. No yeah. cream, no eggs. Right. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Right. So yeah. just an incredible product. Like I interviewed, because we just did a little additional reporting for that story by Jamie Feldmeyer. I love that piece. It's our cover story. But um, so the director of the green market, Michael Hurwitz, was like, literally, their skim milk tastes like whole milk because of the breed that he's raising or was raising and the way that he was treating the animals, the lives that they lived, and then the way he's treating the product, like just a fantastic product. So Christina Tosi of Momofuku Milk Bar um, met him at, you know, tasted his stuff, did a big taste test of all the different milks that she could find and went gaga for his stuff and it was like you have to sell to me and he was like yeah yeah I didn't return her phone calls because <laughs> he was like nobody's gonna pay my prices but they're like seven dollars a pint or whatever yeah and she was like I'll do anything and you know and bought a hundred ended up buying a hundred gallons a week from him for years and their two businesses just really grew up together mm. and um I think it's then, kind of a well I don't know I guess it's kind of an insurmountable thing after a certain amount of time but it seems like the Momofuku empire would be kind of the perfect you know, like knight in shining armor in a way to, to... Was part of the problem that he spent so much money on that bottling line? He spent... He got in way deep in debt with equipment. Yeah. So he... Which is so hard for all farmers. Dairy, and dairy, I feel like, especially, is so infrastructure intensive. Yeah. Infrastructure intensive, perishable as heck, and, you know, just, you know, you need to have a market for it immediately. Uh, which he did yeah that's I why mean, he sold out depressing. early yeah uh, that's why it's particularly like if, depressing if Momofuku if David Chang cannot save your dairy operation right that's, I mean, this is not a, that's bad this is someone who was like the poster child of how it could be and mm. I think that's why it was so devastating to have him shudder was that we like held him up as this example of success of small scale of, of possibility of small scale really, yeah and for him to be like people it ain't it, I, I can't go on you know i'm i'm telling the cows to auction wow mm. wow so and, i know and, and, and no one's on if he's gonna if he's right. gonna try to you know keep his farm going in some way or um it seemed like it was he gone. sold his cows at auction and he's <gasps> like he went on vacation which i think is awesome good for him and i don't know what the future holds i mean tosi is like you know please start farming again yeah but um yeah. I don't know what the future holds for him. I was upstate um, last week in um, Hudson, New York, at Grayson Diner, which is like um, this little hamburger joint run by the guys from Grayson Angus, mm-hmm. and they actually still had ice cream from uh, made from milk, from Dante's milk, milk. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I wonder if I have a bottle still somewhere in my recycling. Oh, of milk? Oh, you mean an empty bottle? Yeah, I should keep it. Yeah. Yeah. But they were talking about, they're friends with him. They play cards with him every Monday night. And we were talking about it. And hmm. just, it's a hard road to hoe. Well, he's a, he's a really talented guy. So hopefully he'll find that next uh, opportunity that'll allow him to get back into farming. There's hoping. Um, but so what are you guys looking forward to in, in dairy? Like, yeah, what do you think next? as the trend watchers and the, you know, kind of uh, seers of all these different things that are going on with food in the city? Do you see anything kind of starting to happen now that's particularly interesting? Or, or can you think of some products that you wish that you saw in the market in New York City and you don't see? Um, yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that? 
my, my initial thought is that I would like to see more of this is really boring I apologize I know people want to hear me say deliciousness but I mean I kind of want to see more New York State working together with farms to produce to kind of work with the middle area agriculture of the middle to create more infrastructure to actually help farmers like Dante which I know is happening I know Cornell is probably on top of this I know that I mean, um, the folks at Murray's have told me that they're working on like a stronger internship. You probably already know this too, like some kind of stronger intern extern program. So I'd like to see mm. that, like what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. like more built around that, which isn't very exciting. I apologize. No, that's very <laughs> exciting to, because to have collective facilities and yeah. ways of getting product from upstate to the city, like is the slaughterhouses the, for exactly. the, right. the meat folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which like your affinage kind of potential, I would put in that category. That's yeah. true. Yeah, like you're, you, if you can take on more product earlier, then cheese producers can produce more and get and move more and have more already have sold really well. in their on their books. Yeah, yeah, and especially with the fresh stuff, you know, that's I feel like there's a, from my perspective, there there's so much potential in fresh cheese and, and dairy. You know, um, things like kefir and cottage cheese and um, cream cheese. There's still not that much local cream yeah, I've never cheese. Seen, you know, besides I've never Ben's. seen Locavore cottage cheese, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, well, Organic Valley does a nice one, actually, but yeah. at the farm. I've never seen Why it at the farm. Well, we, we were talking about that earlier today. Yeah, it's a weird rule. I think oh. the cottage cheese has to be processed. It cannot cross state lines unless it's processed in like a grade A USDA, oh, USDA inspected instead of state facility. Certified. Yeah. State so that puts up a lot of red tape. Oh, that means like Apollos could make it, right? The USDA certified. Are they USDA certified? Yeah. Wow. wow. Go Lou DePaulo. Yeah. Okay, That's so amazing. He, I think, yeah, probably. Oh, he's another he's, one who should be in the in the dairy issue. But did, yes. have you guys already done an article on I Lou? I need to be taking notes. He's been, we have, he's on our list. We couldn't do him because we did a Leva. We felt like you it say was, it? yeah. Right next yes. to you know, Bob. Yeah. So we had, Lou's next time. Bob Leva. He's so great. And Lou's we been buy our mozzarella and ricotta from him. He's, you do? Yeah. Awesome. For the shop. Yep. They're great. Well, it is to your question about what's new. You won't think this is new. But in writing my letter from the editor, I kind of like took a step back and thought about how young this whole American cheese phenomenon is. And I mean, I, lo- I learned about that a lot primarily from editing the story about you. I mean, that blew me away that I think it was something like half of the producers whose product you whose cheeses you stock didn't even exist 10 years ago and i was you know we really like alliteration <laughs> so like silly saying that but um so when i was writing my letter from the editor i had this silly line about how the old world cheeses are so old and i said like something silly like i was kind of on a roll with these this alliteration but i said like they were like generations of Gruyere oh, and, millennia of Manchego that of was Manchego. great I loved so it. I said I couldn't help myself but I said like centuries of Stilton or something <laughs> and then I said like and and a, I said and a millennia of Manchego and I was like that okay, can't be I'm right I'm going a little bit overboard here so I was like someone's gonna catch me on this so I looked it up millennia multiple millennia of Manchego. It's like before the time of Christ. I swear it was like the Bronze Age they started making Manchego. <laughs> was it... And the, was it who, 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 Paul Kinstead can tell us about that. Yeah. So it wasn't monks. It was like before that. Right. Before yeah. the time of 
Christ. Yeah. yeah. So that Whoa. just really left me agape. I literally wanted to put it in an asterisk. Agape. To be at nice. the bottom, like, like seriously, <laughs> millennia. I looked it up. Why didn't you do so, that? I, I love thought asterisks. about it. Um, we don't use enough. We didn't use more asterisks. So for me, like, that's what's new is, is American cheese and these producers who are working outside of the commodity system. And I know New York Farmer that the commodity system is also really important for 99% of the producers out there. But to see this kind of artistry and this birth of of a tradition. Yeah. If that's the, the right What's the oldest American cheese producer? Oh, there's some old ones. I mean, uh, Marin French Cheese Company in California. They've been around since like the early 1900s. Um, wow. I'm sure we can find one older than there, that. Yeah. But um, I guess Aleva is about that old. Yeah, they're 100 years. Yeah, 1892. But like when, uh, you know, in Coach, telling the story of Coach Farm in the 80s, when they wanted, like, there was literally, Laura Chanel was the only produce starting in like 1979. Yeah. There and then Alison no Hooper from Butter and Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly, like, a half dozen people got goats and started making cheese. And the, so it made me feel really excited about the possibility of, of building something out of nothing, as Modest Mouse would say. Yeah. <laughs> Good Modest Mouse quote. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, well, we are almost out of time, but I want to ask. So we have listeners from all over hey the guys, place. Hey, so guys, I'm going to play a sponsor drop real quick before we finish that thought. And you guys are going to enjoy this one. Okay, I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins. I work for Fairway Markets in the New York area, and we're awfully proud to support Heritage Radio, and we care so much about everything that goes on out here at Roberta's and their studio, because they talk to people who are are serious about food, and that's what we are at Fairway, is we're serious about food. We we just care very deeply about about you as a as a customer and how you cook and what you cook with and how you entertain and and that's why we love to support Heritage Radio because it, it it's pretty much the same thing. It's wanting to to find happiness through serious food and people who are serious about it and and care about learning everything there is to learn about it. And that's that's we're kindred spirits. If it's something worth having in your kitchen, you're going to find it at, at Fairway. And if there's somebody worth talking to about food, you're going to find them on Heritage Radio, and we will be supporting you guys for a long, long time. At Fairway, I'm your personal grocer, Steve Jenkins, Fairway Market. Steve Jenkins, our hero. Let's hear it for Steve Jenkins. Aww. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. So, um, as I was saying, uh, we are running out of time, but there are some other great things to check out in the issue. There's a raw milk article. There's a great article about milk, not jails, about the intersection between our prison system and agriculture in upstate New York, which is really fascinating. Blew my mind. And um, so people can find your magazine online at edibleManhattan.com, but people can also subscribe, right? Yes. yes. Also at edibleManhattan.com. Yes. Yeah, okay. Buy a subscription. And the pictures are beautiful, so it's worth yes. it. You yeah. should just get a subscription <laughs> if you do not live in the New York area. It's yeah. uh, it's a great thing. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you thank so you much for having, for having us. us. It is an and, honor. And thank you especially for all of the We're going to come back when the do. Brooklyn Dairy issue comes out, right? Yes. On the 22nd. Yeah. It, it went to the printer this morning. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's more dairy in the works that's so exciting <laughs> well and we hope to see everybody at um the uh the Good big dairy. dairy showdown 
on the 25th waterfalls of milk april 25th cheese rolling contest open house gallery yeah on mulberry street yeah no cheese eating contest but lots of lots of good cheese to be eaten tickets are just 25 bucks and it's gonna be awesome 25 should have an amateur cheese cutting and wrapping contest yes that would be great fun i'm high-fiving right here in the studio and maybe paper mache of some sort that's always fun for parties okay anyways that was just me so (laughs) next monday we'll be back with another episode of cutting the curd but till then eat lots of cheese and be merry you're listening to cutting the curd hosted by ann saxelby you're listening to cutting the curd